It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Welcome to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and stimulating talk. Mean Chet Martin here with you on your Saturday afternoon. Thank you for being here with me. I appreciate on the other side of the glass, we'll be hearing from C.V. Burton in the second segment again, uh, going back to this formula as I'm picking up. I'm actually pretty stoked about this. My kids come back to Long Island for a little two-week vacation out here in the pool already, getting ready for the kids, going out to Orient Point, picking them up, bringing them back. So uh, me and CV will be separated, uh, which is probably uh, a, a decent thing anyway. And Brian Bro's outside uh, banging on some HVAC. So if everybody's out there right now enjoying the heat, which I don't know how you can do that. I hate the heat. The mugginess uh, that I've been working in has been really, really brutal. So it's going to be nice to get the kids to go in the pool, maybe go down to the beach, go do some things like that and get a weekend off. But the off switch has not been put on Mr. Joe Biden. This was an interesting headline coming out of Politico. This, and it's so ridiculous too. Somehow, some way, Joe Biden is back in the game. After enduring a brutal year, Biden is suddenly on, suddenly on the verge of a turnaround that the White House believes could salvage his summer. And after the trajectory of his presidency sure uh this was put out july 28th at 6 24 p.m uh let, let's look into this headline a little more it was dropped out it's so absurd to see this on the same day that we have the u.s slipping into the recession uh, although they're saying that 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 didn't happen um and to say that he's back in the game after such a horrible last month do we really need to go into all the uh, numbers here? If you want to, we can look at it as the economy is in a recession. We have a second quarter GDP showing negative growth with a first quarter G- GDP at 1.6%. Uh, and that was after the White House began waging a, a propaganda war to redefine as what you know and heard from on CNN in what a recession is. Now, obviously... Lee Elsie and uh, our our good friend Tony D and some of the others understand we're in a recession. Uh, the country is hurting. When you have people celebrating 50 cents on the $3 increase on the gas and 50 cents back, you know they're looking for wins where there aren't any. Uh, if you're a brainwashed liberal that thinks that Joe Biden is somehow back in the game... All you have to do is really listen to him and understand that he still doesn't know where he is. I mean, it's a joke. I think the uh, idea of him getting COVID and wishing him well on his health is all well and good, but uh, the country's health is much more important. The numbers that that are really staggering are are the are the numbers that have really slipped us into a a. St- I would call a stalemate as far as uh, job growth, which is way down. Unemployment is still going up despite the fact that they give you these fake numbers that tell you they're creating jobs. You can you create as many jobs as you uh, lose. Well, you're not doing that. You're losing more jobs than you create. So it's easy to say, well, we're creating all these great jobs. Look at all this growth we're having here in the country. I mean, anybody in the middle class that would admit to saying, well, you know, whether they're on the the left or the right, we're not really doing all that well. And I've heard it. I know that small businesses are hurting. They're uh, finding it harder and harder to hire people as time goes by, as people keep telling us, well, you know, it was really nice when we got that 8,000 check in the, in the mail from Joe Biden. Well, you know, no, 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 that doesn't make up for everything. And this is something that this administration is right now trying to champion. 
that that was their big win is that they gave us these stimulus checks that were never really a stimulus check to begin with. Even though the price of food, the price of gas, the price of milk, the price of everything is through the roof. But because they gave you a lousy stimulus check, all of a sudden everything's good. And you're not going to get another one again, by the way. And if you do, so what? There's no growth in this country. And for the same stupid people to get in front of the camera day after day and try to defend this record, it's, it's embarrassing. There's nothing more embarrassing than the record of the Biden administration as far as economic growth is concerned. And that's why they keep playing the race card. That's why they keep playing the same card that, they, you know, the January 6th fake notion of these good people that are now locked away in prison without any representation. Let me tell you something. January 6th was two years ago. Let it go. Why are we still talking about January 6th? We have an economy that's in the tank. We have a we have a country right now that doesn't know how to how to evacuate another country that we're in a conflict with, even though when they make the horrible decision to do it and they call it a win, leaving behind American people, having people falling out of airplanes, footage of this, and people say on his side, if you're talking to the folks that support Joe Biden, it was a win for us. We got out of Afghanistan. It was a it was a very important win for us, and thank God Joe Biden was there to do it the way that he did. Go, go say that to some of the people that perished on that day, on that week, on that month, or some of the people that are still there. All the good folks that were falling off that plane as it lifted into the sky because that was the better option than staying on the ground after Joe Biden abandoned them. Yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the ludicrous idea that this administration it ha- has had some wins, it, it's not even, it's incomprehensible to think that anyone can look at it that way. I'm sorry. There's nothing that I've seen from this administration that constitutes as a victory. If you're, uh, I guess if you're into transgender bathroom use that we we've had some wins maybe if you're into uh uh getting uh 12 year old sex changes we've had some wins i guess if you're into uh failing school systems throughout the country that are more worried about what bathroom little tommy's using than little teen is using i guess that's a win i guess when we're really just kind of giving everything away to china that's a win and um, look at what's happening right now inside with the conflict of his son, Hunter Biden. When the videos keep dropping, the pictures keep dropping, the servers have been relinquished. We, we have seen everything right now as we still have the media saying nothing about it. And Mr. Grassley, give him some credit, said we need to do an investigation. Why has the FBI sat on images of that man participating in what I would call pedophilia without looking into him? This is the smartest guy that Joe Biden knows. His numbskull son who can't put the crack pipe down. And if he does put the crack pipe down, it's only to pick his camera up and film himself smoking it. Honestly, I didn't know rich white people were into crack. Now I know. That's the one thing I've learned from the Biden household is that rich white people are also into crack. This is an embarrassing situation. It's the most embarrassing presidency in the history of this country by far. And I was no fan of Barack Obama, but at least with the Obama administration, there are one or two or three things that I could say That was actually a win for us. I can't say one thing with this administration as being a win because there hasn't been any. He's controlled. He's a puppet. I think he has lost his will on who he is and what he's saying. 
I think he's propped up there. I think half the time they say he's not feeling well so that he doesn't have to get any questions asked from our useless journalists that pestered Donald Trump for four years over everything he did. And still Donald Trump got in front of the camera and spoke to the American people and addressed the journalists in the room. And he didn't have to do it, by the way. But he did. Because he was the president of the United States and he gave a damn. And we got some guy up there that can barely even babble a sentence together and people make an excuse for him every step of the damn way. And I'm getting sick of it. He needs to be responsible for this economy. He needs to be responsible for all the jobs lost, all the wars we're losing, and everything else that we're losing in this country, including our First and Second Amendment rights, which they want to flush down the toilet. All right, don't go anywhere. CV's up next. I'll be back. Got some good interviews up today, too. Sorry for the blow-up. I'll be back. Never been a sinner. I never sinned. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, Fox News Radio, 94.9 News Now, WJJF. C.V. Burton with you for this segment, and then later for the last segment at about a quarter to three. For the rest of the show, you are in the masterful, competent hands of Mean Chet Martin. Brian Bro is apparently out hunting geese in New Hampshire and shall return to grace the halls of Freedom on Deck after all the defeathering, the gutting, and you don't want to know. It's a mess. Check out freedomondeck.com for all our back shows, important news headlines, which we highlight, commentary from our great contributors, and contact information should you feel the need to reach out with compliments or to smack us upside the head. The Chinese Communist Party. It's a world-dominating octopus at this point in time. It has many long tentacles stretched out all over the world, some of which have stealthily entangled itself in our country, buying up American real estate, coiling around our government, influencing our politics. I could barely touch on all the examples in this short time we have in this segment, but I don't think I need to remind you that the Chicom virus was manufactured in China's Wuhan laboratory, where it was released, some say escaped, but I say released. How they shut down flights inside their own country, but allowed flights out of China, showing the willful intent of disseminating the infectious disease around the world. So it's no coincidence that the virus was used to destroy our economy and overthrow the greatest American president we ever had, President Donald J. Trump. How? Because of the lockdowns and the illegal last-minute changing of election laws, which allowed millions of ballots to flood in from nowhere with no validation, no chain of custody. More votes were counted in many states than there were voters to cast them. So that was the coup. You want to talk about an insurrection? There's your insurrection. You want to talk about a big lie? The big lie is that Joe Biden is president. We don't need to talk about the evidence right now all the thousands of affidavits, all the video, the impossible math. We don't have the time. So out goes a great legitimate president and in comes the illegitimate president who has been compromised through his son, who has been directly compromised by the CCP. And we have an FBI and DOJ who runs interference for this kleptocracy and caucusocracy. Kleptocracy means a regime that pillages its own people. And cacistocracy means a government run by the worst, least qualified, or most unscrupulous people. We have both. Let me play a clip of the masterful Matt Gates questioning a senior DOJ official who accidentally confirms that there is an ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden but without answering any questions. Is Hunter Biden a national security threat? 
That's not a question that would come up before me, uh, Congressman. You're the head of the in, National Security Division, so it seems sort of on the nose. It's not in my practice or experience to identify individuals not in my and, and to We've label heard that any individual, an American citizen or any individual, as a national security threat. Well, you would certainly concede that if the adult offspring of the President of the United States or the Vice President were compromised, that would be a national security threat, right? We speak through our filings in court, uh, and we speak through our actions in, in, in open court. Um, so I, okay, well, how, I would speak to this. Where's the in, laptop? In that position. Do you know where Hunter Biden's laptop is? Again, I'm not going to talk about any potential well, ongoing investigation as I sit here. Do you know where it is? I'm not going to talk about any ongoing you, you, investigation. You come here and you tell I us you follow here. the facts in the law, but you can't even follow a laptop that you guys have had for three years. We follow the facts in the law, and we speak in open court about our yeah, cases. but you aren't speaking about this, but you know who is speaking about it? The whistleblowers from the FBI who've gone to, to Senator Grassley and said that you guys purposefully take any information that is, that is derogatory about Hunter Biden and you go and rat hole it so that you never have to speak about it in any circumstance. But the good news is you're not the only ones with that laptop. So Patrick Ho was convicted of bribing government officials in Africa and he gave a million bucks to Hunter Biden. Are you familiar with that? I'm not going to speak about any ongoing investigation. I is can, that an ongoing? I can assure is that, you that an ongoing investigation? I can. I'm not going to. Patrick I'm not going to speak about any potential ongoing. Like, don't investigation. you see that that degrades the country's like belief in you guys when you have whistleblowers saying that you're purposefully rat-holing this information, and then you come here and say you won't talk about it? I mean, you know, inside Hunter Biden's multi-million-dollar deals with a Chinese energy company, Washington Post, Matt Vizier, Chinese elite paid $31 million to Hunter and the Bidens, Peter Schweitzer in the New York Post. Hunter Biden's business partner called Joe Biden the big guy in panic messages. Do you guys call Joe Biden the big guy at the Department of Justice? So I think it's important to understand why we don't speak about cases outside of the courtroom. But, but, by, we, the we way, that, by the way, the, we, we I already know I may, why. Sir, if I may you know, answer the you question. Know, you know why you don't speak about it? Because it's about Hunter Biden. You guys have no problem leaking about other stuff, right? Like, you got no problem going out and tagging parents at school board meetings as a national security threat. But when all of the facts and all of the law are before you regarding the corruption of Hunter Biden, you don't want to speak to that at all. And it's precisely why you've got folks that are talking to Senator Grassley about it. Bohai Harvest. So 10 days after Vice President Biden takes Hunter Biden to China, 10 days after, this long toiling venture of Hunter Biden, they can't get off the ground, 10 days after they go, he automatically gets approved. So uh, for a deal in China with Bohai Harvest, like have you guys looked into that? I'm not gonna talk about any uh, ongoing investigation. Well, you know who else is talking? Tony Bobolinsky. Tony Bobolinsky told the world that Joe Biden was cut in on a CCP energy deal that was orchestrated by Hunter Biden. Like, have you guys talked to Tony Bobolinsky? Again, we don't talk about ongoing investigations uh, in settings such as this. So, so, so Joe Biden, uh, well, okay, we, 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 how about this? We commit to a classified briefing on these matters? I'd certainly be happy to talk to you or any member of the committee about uh, matters of national security. At the risk of causing you whiplash by going from Hunter's laptop to Ukraine, which is not much of a leap anyway, considering Hunter's involvement there. But it's odd how the CCP backs Russia in the war, while Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, backs Ukraine. But meanwhile, Klaus Schwab's son is married to a Chinese spy who runs a WEF office out of Beijing. Xi Jinping and Klaus Schwab are on opposite sides of the war, but are still tight friends. It, it just goes to show who the puppet masters are on the world stage. Then you have the CCP making moves on Taiwan. Biden's handlers released a staged photo of Biden in the Oval Office from probably over a year ago when he looked a bit stronger than he does now. Talking on the phone as if he's supposedly talking to Xi Jinping to de-escalate the situation, but China released excerpts from the call where Xi warns Biden on the call, according to Chinese media, those who play with fire will only get burnt. Hope the U.S. side can see this clearly. See, that's not even a veiled threat. That's that's an in-your-face, uh, smash-mouth threat. Keep in mind that when push comes to shove, the Biden regime will do nothing to stop China from taking Taiwan. Except 
maybe some token sanctions and a strongly worded letter. Then CNN tweets out, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi plans to depart for a tour of Asia today, though whether she'll make a high-stakes stop in Taiwan remains uncertain. And China, state-affiliated media replies, if U.S. fighter jets escort Pelosi's plane into Taiwan, it is an invasion. The PLA has the right to forcibly dispel Pelosi's plane and the U.S. fighter jets, including firing warning shots and making tactical movement of obstruction. If ineffective, then shoot them down. See, they protect their country against invasion, but the Biden regime doesn't protect our country from invasion. But I digress. So I predict Taiwan will be taken before the new Congress is seated in January because the CCP doesn't want MAGA Republicans to interfere in any way, shape, or form. The Biden regime will essentially do nothing to stop it and America will learn how to make our own microchips. About time. But the big picture is that China remains a huge problem for the world. And the remedy, in my opinion, is to bring back President Trump, who will make China pay reparations for the Chicom virus and all its fallout, using heavy sanctions to the point where the Lao Beijing of China, that is, the people of China, the old hundred names, will rise up and overturn the CCP. You see, communist regimes have been toppled in other countries by the hand of its own people in the past. It could surely happen again in China. Hear me now, believe me later. This is Freedom on Deck on Fox News 94.9. Back with Chet Martin interviewing Steve Gorham on the other side. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. It's been quite a while since I've had him on the show, but right now, Executive Director of the Climate Science Coalition of America, author of three outstanding books on energy, climate change, and sustainable developments, his latest book, Outside the Green Box, Rethinking Sustainable Development. We'll tell you how to go get that book at the end of the interview. We have Mr. Steve Gorham on the line. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm great, Chet. Uh, great to join you again. It's great to have you on. Now, you know, the big talk about it is, is Joe Biden going to declare a climate crisis emergency? Uh, first of all, what are we talking about here when they talk about a climate crisis? And why are we talking about this when our economy's in the tank and when gasoline prices are through the roof and American families need to try to get something under control. But Joe Biden's worried about this, and um, I don't think he's the one pushing for it, but he's the one that's going to make it happen, or they'd like him to, Steve. Yeah, it seems like President Biden is a little bit schizophrenic. On one hand, he wants uh, a more oil and gas output to reduce the gasoline prices, and he wants Saudi Arabia to pump more and other things. On the other hand... He's got people talking to him about uh, eliminating uh, hydrocarbon fuels um, in the name of the climate. And so he uh, he's had kind of a rocky road here. Uh, end of June, uh, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of West Virginia against the EPA, saying that the EPA lacked the authority to do a nationwide uh, plan for power plants and that they had to go back to Congress. And then... Uh, uh, a week or two ago, Senator Joe Manchin said um, uh, he would not vote for Build Back Better and uh, a couple hundred million dollars uh, for uh, climate. And so President Biden was talking about, well, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to issue a, a a national emergency on climate change. Uh, we've had about 60 of these emergencies uh, since the 1960s, but typically they're for something like a hurricane hitting an area. Right. And so they would declare emergency. But just today, according to the uh, Washington Times, Manchin has now agreed to a party line spending deal 
um, with uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader. And so uh, who knows, may, they may be able to muster 50 votes to go uh, spend another couple hundred billion dollars and taxpayers would, uh, would get uh, clobbered for another bill. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, big, uh, the big craziness of all this is that uh, uh, these people believe that if they pass a bill, if they pass regulations, they can stop the oceans from rising, they can make the uh, storms less frequent, less severe, and, and uh, they can even save polar bears. So this is the biggest modern superstition in history. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you have some great books on that. But, the, you know, especially right now, are Americans going to buy this stuff? I don't think so. Well, there's an awful lot of folks signed up for this, you know, I'm sorry to say. Um, uh, every industry wants to be green. Every industry wants to be net zero by 2050. But uh, we're already seeing the fruits of this. We've got uh, uh, MISO, the Midwest uh, in a, uh, Independent System Operator, saying that we're going to be short of electricity uh, throughout the Midwest this year. We've had blackouts in, in California and Texas. In Texas, a, a year and a half ago, uh, they had uh, 72 hours when, when about 4 or 5 million people didn't get electricity, and they had 220 deaths. And a big reason is that they, they built... Uh, 20 gigawatts worth of wind and retired eight uh, gigawatts worth of coal and coal's reliable and wind wasn't blowing during, during that, uh, that real cold snap they had. Uh, and the more of these, uh, these more of these uh, wind dependent uh, source of electricity we put in, the tougher we're going to have tougher time we're going to have keeping the electric grid working. Why isn't there more of a pushback from the right? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think many people are confused about this. The the uh, the climate activists have been very successful in conflating two things. Uh, one is uh, uh, real air pollution, which we need to reduce, such as uh, lead, particulates, ozone, sulfur dioxide, uh, nitrogen oxides. Uh, those things uh, can actually harm people, uh, and they have conflated those with carbon dioxide. And so they now call carbon dioxide a pollutant, carbon dioxide uh, dirty. And that's the thing that, that all these climate people are trying to reduce, carbon dioxide emissions. But, but CO2 is not pollution and should not be regarded as pollution. It's an odorless, uh, harmless, invisible gas, doesn't cause smoke or smog. When you look at a power plant and you see that whatever's coming out of the smokestacks, that's not carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is invisible. We breathe in only, in only a trace of CO2. But we burn as we burn sugars in our bodies, we create carbon dioxide. So every time each person exhales, we exhale a hundred times of the amount that we breathed in. And and the crazy thing is that every uh, cannabis grower is pumping carbon dioxide into their greenhouse to make their crop grow bigger and faster. That's right. CO two is absolutely great for plants. So so the. Uh, the climate alarmists have been able to conflate uh, real pollution with CO2. We should be reducing real pollution, air and water pollution, reducing plastic in the oceans. But this whole idea that, that we're spending $500 billion a year on renewables to try and stop the emission of carbon dioxide, that is just crazy. So unfortunately, a lot of people are, are kind of uh, confused about this, I think. But all these policies are going to do a few things. They're going to they're going to reduce the reliability of our electricity supply. They're going to raise electricity costs, um, and uh, eventually they're not going to have any effect on global temperatures. Executive Director of the Climate Science Coalition of America, Steve Gorham, on the line with us. Steve, it sounds like a lot of this is just. Uh, maybe a bit of a racket going on here. Maybe this is big money uh, pouring into the the pockets of the politicians and those who are pushing forward uh, some of these the, these green these green bills. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of money to be made here, isn't there? Well, there are big industries. You know, I I don't accuse the folks of. Uh, I, I tend to believe that the climate alarmists believe this stuff. I mean, they know they exaggerate some things, but they. They believe the planet's in danger, mm -hmm. but the evidence shows it isn't. But we've had tremendous uh, big industries grow up, wind, solar, biofuels, and now an electric car industry. All of these are banking on a tremendous amount of ma money from the government. We got another one brewing, this this idea of hydrogen fuel, uh, which uh, nations of the world are now trying to pour billions into it. And they want to make, they want to produce hydrogen from electrolysis of water, which is very, very expensive. 
So we have these big industries, and, and all because of this obsession with carbon dioxide. That's the basis yeah. of all this money being spent and, and the, uh, the transformation of our economy and our energy systems, which really isn't warranted. What's the best sustainable energy to move forward with? What, 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 in your opinion, what's the cleanest? And forget what they say. What, in Steve Gorm's opinion, what's the cleanest? What, how do we move forward without making uh, the planet a big, uh, you know, grimy grease ball? What do we do to, to clean things well, up? Well, many things are good sources right now. And, and we ought to be basing energy on uh, cost to, to the uh, rate payer. Uh, reliability of the system and real environmental damage. Uh, but we have done a great job with our coal and natural gas systems. Um, a great untold story is that air pollution in the U.S. is down more than 80% since 1980. Mm. And that's uh, that's because we put scrubbers on our power plants and because people have switched from coal to natural gas uh, since the 1950s. My grandfather had a coal bin. He would burn coal uh, to heat his house. And they used to do a thing called the spring cleaning, which, which most of the young folks don't know what that is. They, <laughs> they literally would wash the walls every spring of their houses to take coal dust off. Wow. Well, all that is gone. Our air is very much cleaner. So these sources ought to be competing on a reliability and cost and real pollution issues, not emissions of carbon dioxide. So, so uh, and I'm not against wind and solar. I just think let them compete, quit subsidizing them. Sure. Uh, nuke. Nuclear is also an effective one, too, where it can be as cost-effective as natural gas, which uh, sometimes is tough. But uh, let's quit spending uh, uh, hundreds of billions of dollars on this, and let's solve, solve uh, huge problems. We have this problem with uh, with uh, uh, wastewater being discharged untreated into rivers, lakes, and oceans across the world. A few years ago, they had the Olympics down in Brazil, and the, the swimmers didn't want to swim in the water. I remember just, that, they're, yeah. They're just building their first water treatment plant. This is a real problem to be solved. Many, many other problems, and let's quit uh, pursuing uh, carbon dioxide. Just just not the right thing to do. Steve Gorm on the line. Steve, we are running up against it. We'll get you back on soon. Tell everybody where they go to check you out, your books, and all that. Sure. My website, stevegorham, G-O-R-E-H-A-M.com. Uh, they can uh, buy a, a, one of my books. I'll send them a signed copy. They can also get them on uh, Amazon. Uh, there are ebooks is available as well for the last two books. But they ought to go a little deeper, ask a few more questions, learn the real story about uh, environmental issues and climate change. Absolutely, Steve. Thank you so much. Everybody, that was the one and only Steve Gorham. Make sure you go check out the books. Good reads. Don't go anywhere. A lot more show to go here on Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk, Fox News Radio. Alright guys, welcome back to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. It was nice to have Steve Gorham on to talk about the climate and what's actually taking place inside our climate. We have Swoop from Swoop's World up next. Uh, my good buddy. We're going to really touch on mostly Hunter Biden, but we're also going to do a little uh, volley back and forth about the Sesame Place uh, lawsuit where they're calling Rosita a big fat racist because Rosita passed by two black kids. Uh, she couldn't see out of her two eye holes was not, I don't, I look, I don't know. I saw the video. She passed by the kids. I think there are probably a lot of examples of that happening when you have those uh, suits on those big heads and, you know, obviously it was hot out. So I, I don't know. I don't think that I don't think that the uh, the answer is to give the dad $25 million. How about fire the person that was playing Rosita? Um, anyway, Sesame Place stinks. That's like the ghetto version of Disney World. You're going to take your kid to Sesame Place in New Jersey? That's like, that's that's not that's not it, okay? I mean, if you're really going to run into a racist, make sure your racist is... You know, the big time, like Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse passes you over. Yeah, man, Mickey's a racist. You're going to get like 50 million from Mickey. 
you're only getting 25 mil from Big Bird. Don't play around, man. You know, those clan rallies up with at Big Bird's house with Elmo, Bert and Ernie, even though they have their own closet thing going on. Oscar. I, you know Oscar is a racist grouch. Cookie Monster. I mean, you can tell he's a big racist. Burning crosses and whatnot. It's just uh, it's a terrible thing going on down there. You know, the, it, earlier this week, uh, Muriel Bowser, the mayor in D.C., was begging for National Guard help. Did you see this? She wanted to deal what she was calling a humanitarian crisis, having to deal with 4,000 illegal aliens coming into her city, Bowser said, inundated with responses with some of the most pointed ones coming from the folks who have had to deal with the issue for years in places like Texas, Arizona, where they get more than 4,000 a day flooding into their cities. But once it affects her, then suddenly it's a humanitarian crisis. Um, Peter Ducey, Weird, you know, I've always thought that was a weird name. Uh, Fox News. Peter Ducey asks White House Press Sec- Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre about the request for National Guard help from Miss Bowser. First, says that she would refer Ducey to <laughs> that name, uh, to the Department of Defense, evading the question. She claims that they had been in regular touch with Bowser. It's not clear if that's true, as Bowser has made requests that have gone unanswered, according to NBC. Jean-Pierre then claims that what Texas and Arizona were doing was shameful and wrong. Why is it wrong if they bust people up to D.C. with the federal government and shipping them to all the border cities? And that's what Mr. Douchey asked. The boils down to the reality stating it was the White House preference and it would be for small towns in Texas and Arizona to take care of these migrants rather than a large metropolitan area like D.C. Uh, that was a quote from Mr. Ducey to the press secretary of the White House. Now, the ironic thing about this is... Um, <laughs> you know, if, if this is what we always talk about on the right, where we say, if you want them, then take them and figure it out. If you're bringing them in to the country and the Biden administ- administration sends a busload of over 4,000 through the weeks, bringing them in to your area, um, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. The National Guard, yeah, I guess they could support you with the Guard. How about putting the National Guard back on the southern border and keeping them from coming in, in the first place? I know we don't want to do that. You know, here's the issue, man. Um, Washington, D.C. has one of the highest problems with homelessness in the country. I think they're second or third most. Now we're bussing in a bunch of folks that came in illegally, uh, maybe uh, some people that needed to come in, and most that are just coming here to uh, work. And then, of course, we have some very bad people that are coming in. So with the uh, record numbers of homelessness in D.C., it seems that Miss Bowser is more worried about her and her living conditions and what could be affected in her life and her children's life than what's actually going to be affected for the people of D.C. Uh, You know, this is what what hypocrisy looks like. And of course, she's not saying that way. She's saying it in a way that is nice and good and fair. Well, we want them. We want to help them. But we need the means in order to help them. Well, that's what we're asking for, too. Because, listen, let me tell you something, folks. When they took everybody off the southern border that was from the National Guard, that was put there by Donald Trump, they weren't just turning everybody back around and shoving them back into the, uh, into the Rio Grande. They weren't, you know, shooting them on the spot. They were bringing them in, putting them in the holding facilities, w- which now they're called holding facilities again. They're not cages anymore now, guys. They're holding facilities again. And we were treating them. So that's what we were doing at that time. So now that Miss Bowser has these folks coming in, they don't have jobs. Uh, As far as I know, maybe they don't have anywhere to live. 
They're probably getting help more than our homeless veterans, I'm sure, because all the good liberals want to put these folks ahead of those folks. Sad, isn't it? So now Mrs. Bowser is feeling the hypocrisy. She's feeling the pain and the agony of what this can cause. Now, whether you are a, uh, a uh, liberal or conservative or on the left or the right, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on. We need to figure out how to help our homeless before we help everybody else's. And we have not done that at all. And I'm talking about in all facets. I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. I'm talking about us doing something about it. And the, the quickest way to really remedy that situation is by making those individuals that have been struggling for many years here, some who have lost their homes, some who were productive citizens who paid their taxes, paid their dues, had their, uh, had their jobs, their families, and have ha- fell on hard times. So they should come first. In my humble estimation and opinion, they should come first, but instead they come last. And when it comes to politicians, I don't expect politicians to do anything good for our homeless, our homeless veterans, our veterans, of, and just in general, the people at large in America. I, I don't trust any politicians. I don't like government at all. Period. But, but, it's... It's just ironic to see Mrs. Bowser taking such a position. And the way she really tries to, uh, you know, pretty her vocabulary up. And in order not to sound like a racist or somebody that is uh, maybe a little bit bigoted towards people that come in and want to live on her yard. You know what? I bet you if you, if you just gave her five or six of them and said they're going to tent out in your front yard... Miss Bowser, just five or six from the 4,000. You should be able to do that, right, Miss Bowser? They won't bother you. Yeah, she'd be real comfortable with that, right? Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Sure, I'll do my part. Do my part. None of them do their part. What's their part? Getting high off the hog, doing nothing for the American people. So uh, maybe Mrs. Bowser should open her arms and open her gates and her home to uh, just a few. I'm not telling you all 4,000, Miss Bowser. Take four of them. Four out of 4,000, that's not a lot. How's them up? Maybe you can make them mow your lawn or trim your roses or wash your car. You know, just like all the other illegals that do it at your place that you don't, you don't actually care for, Miss Bowser. But, um... I know that you're a good person deep down inside, despite the fact that your city is a dump, and uh, basically you've done nothing to grow the city or the people in the city or job growth in that city. You've been a disaster. So that's okay. But I would love it if you would just take four out of 4,000 people. We could do so much with that. And I would, really for me, from Chet Martin, I would appreciate it. And if you come on the show sometime and tell me that you've done it, God bless you. All right, guys, listen. We got Swoop on the line right now. He's coming up. Then after that, CV will be shutting the show out, and then I'm going to get my kids. Don't go anywhere. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck 94.9. Swoop from Swoop's World. Do you want to get $25 million sometime soon? Bring your kid to Sesame Place and set it up. Did you see that lawsuit? What do you think of that? What I think of that is is uh, we as a society have uh, made it a situation where anybody can claim racism uh, without any proof. Um, yeah, does a, the, 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 a video look like somebody was... Uh, 
<sighs> avoid it. You can't. You don't even know who's in that suit to call them racist. You can cobble together uh, a ton of video of these same types of characters walking past anybody, any race you want. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's out there. So, uh, you know, but we can sue for anything. We live in a litigious society, so uh, go ahead and take a shot. That's what I kind of thought when it was for $25 million. I'm like, all right, here we go. And, you know, those big heads they got on those things, you know, the, these people are sweating to death inside of those things. I mean, I you know, I, I don't, and like you said, we don't know who's in that mask it's rosita rosita's the latina of the bunch so so you know like come on really this is what we're doing now i i think it's kind of ridiculous but but the news has been turning up swoop with a lot of hunter biden talk now it was chuck grassley considered a moderate republican who asked for an investigation into hunter biden uh more people are going to the fbi and asking for an investigation into Hunter Biden. There's a big write-up in the National Review, which is considered conservative, but sometimes I could say they definitely lean towards the right, but also in some situations towards the left. And we've heard on national TV, on MSNBC, CNN, and others, where they're starting to talk a little bit more about these compromised servers that that are in possession of the FBI, and they want it to be investigated. Is this going to be something they use to try to get Joe Biden out before 2024 rolls around? Oh, uh, that's that's a strong possibility. But you know, look at the big picture here. They uh, they 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 hit all the. There's you know a lot of this information is coming out. Uh, it's because they're going through this laptop. But we knew about the laptop before the election, and they they hid that information. They hit that, you know. They uh, you know they did deplatformed news agencies that were trying to report it to get him in. And uh, now because of uh, his poll numbers and his obviously diminished you know, capacity, they're they're trying to find a way to get him out uh in a, in a smooth transition so they can you know they can they could say well here's the reason he's got to go um you know it's not because he's doing such a lousy job it's not because he's lost uh, several steps it's because you know the the, uh, the thing with his kid so uh, i do i do believe that now you know when you start seeing people on the far left uh starting to mention this it's not because they've found god it's because they, they you know they have another uh they have another plan in place it's this it's the situation too like you said i mean it's the perfect storm to say all right it's not because he's doing a bad job it's because his son's a piece of crap i mean it's like uh but we all knew this like you said they hit it from they hit it from people i feel like people should have been able to find this out on their own i don't understand how this is some kind of revelation i knew it before Joe Biden was ever elected, that his son was a dirtbag. And uh, most of the videos and pictures that were released about with this guy, uh, Swoop, it shows somebody that's at least very compromised in a drugged-out state, probably the richest crackhead I've ever seen in my life. I didn't know well-to-do white folks did crack. Oh, I knew that. But I did what, I, what, what, what you don't find... Uh, you know, most people don't uh, document all of their, uh, their all of their activities. I mean, we do live in a TikTok, you know, Instagram world where people do document things that I wouldn't document. But most guys aren't documenting themselves with, you know, mm-hmm. prostitutes and weighing their drugs and getting high and stuff like that, unless they're, you know, a rapper. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> and so, as somebody who's uh, who's living such so prominently would definitely wouldn't do it and you know and your your dad's the vice president at the time and you're doing this kind of stuff so obviously he's got some uh, some mental issues uh you know maybe drug induced or he just thinks he's that privileged that he can get away with anything regardless of which one it is this is a person who has uh he has compromised himself and he's compromised his dad and he's compromised the country he did compromise the country and a lot of people are forgetting inside what happened when joe biden uh, threatened a world leader over basically an investigation into his son. Uh, you know, and we can talk about the conflict with the Ukraine and Russia. As a matter of fact, it was Joe Biden when he was vice president to, that said, hey, listen, if, if you don't pull this investigation off of my son, I'm going to take your money. And guess what happened? And we have video of him saying it. And it's amazing to me that once it came out, of course, they were trying to pin the stupidest thing on Donald Trump 
with the Ukraine, a made-up phone call that never happened uh, with that sicko Adam Schiff and his bugged eyes. But the fact of the matter is we had video where Joe Biden said, I told them they weren't getting their money, and guess what happened? Now we, sa- we see all these things that are happening inside the Ukraine, and we're giving all this money away, and you wonder to yourself, is there something that they know? Is Zelensky know something about this uh, hard drive with Hunter Biden that is putting them in position to take as much money as they can possibly take from the United States of America? You know, I don't know, but, you know, it's something that definitely should be considered. And, and you're selling them short. You're saying, you know, we got video of him saying, talking about it. We have videotape of him bragging about doing yes, it. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that this administration does that makes you wonder or, or where, where, where the compromises are. I mean, you know, we talk we could talk about the the oil to uh, going to, you know, with China. We could talk about the like you said, the money to the Ukraine. We could talk about giving up a, a guy who they call the, the, the merchant of death for a basketball player. So uh, yeah. there, there's so many things going on within this administration uh, dealing with basically our enemies that make no sense. It make no even, you know, even, you know, trying to go back to the, the deal with, uh, with Iran, who's, who's actually said they don't even want to deal with it. So I don't know what, what's going on with this guy, who, who's got what over him. Uh, but there, there's enough questions to be asked. And, you know, Swoop, the thing is, for me, when I see when I see an administration on the left side and the Obama administration would be one, uh, I could go back to Bill Clinton, I guess. It's kind of foggy for me. I was around 17 drinking a lot of beer back then. Um, but, you know, even, <laughs> even with the Obama administration, I could pick out a win here and there where I'd say that was a good move. I can't think of one thing in these two years under the Biden administration, that was good for America. Can you? Uh, <laughs> I'm just asking. Uh, can, you give me, can you give me a few hours of research? No. <laughs> and, and, and listen, you know, and, and, and Xander was one of the folks that would say, well, when, when Obama was in, here was a good thing. To, and, and a lot of times he was right. I can't think of one thing that he's done right. You know, I, 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 you know, I have a lot of conversations with friends on both sides of the aisle, and and I said this, and I and I, I and I stood by this up until up until recently that, you know, there there's there have been people that have been elected that I have absolutely no nothing that they do do I agree with, but I never felt that it was in their heart to destroy the country. I never felt. I just felt that they had they they had a backwards way of thinking the way to do things, and they were strong on their beliefs, whether I agreed with them or not. This guy, I I just I don't have that same feeling for. I I think the things he does and the moves he's making, you either he is just the biggest idiot on the on the planet, or he really has a a, a, a way of thinking that he wants to destroy what we've accomplished over all these years. Or is it? They want to, and he's just the puppet. Well, <laughs> listen, because uh, he's be, guy, because he's he, been, in the past, he hasn't always been this extreme on the left. So it's kind of it's kind of a little of a a question there on who's really calling shots. Well, you know, yeah, you say he hasn't been this extreme, but if you can look back, a lot of things he's done, uh, you know, they were extreme. I mean, the guy was a plagiarist. Yeah, uh, I know. You know I know. Guy, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not defending him. Yeah. Believe yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I wouldn't put you in that pot. <laughs> and, I, and I think swoop. I'm just going to tell you, man. It's. Uh, uh, you know, let let's get him out of there. Let's put Rosita in. I say it's a Rosita, <laughs> it, Rosita twenty twenty four. What do you think? Hey, LA, you know, listen, <laughs> uh, she, she might show up our borders if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have a problem. Uh, evidently, we don't have a problem on the borders. Um, hey, swoop. Tell everybody where they go check you out. I know all our listeners know where to look, but say it anyway. <laughs> Uh, go to swoopsworld.com, then you can find all the stuff there. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Swoops World. Appreciate your tra- chat. Hey, man, Swoop. I'll talk to you later, brother. I'll send you some cool uh, Sesame Street memes <laughs> when I come up with some new ones. <laughs> hey, you found a good one already. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, my man, be good. All right, God bless. Everybody, that was the one and only Swoop from Swoops World. 
Don't go anywhere. A lot more show to go here at Freedom Monday. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News. Thank you, Chet Martin, for another wonderful show. C.V. Burton here to wrap it up. Brian Bro is on assignment. Going to let Representative Lauren Boebert explain the situation first. Then we'll dive into the committee hearing. Hey, everyone. We have an emergency happening here at the Capitol right now. As I speak, House Democrats are whipping votes to try and pass a ban on so-called assault rifles when they're actually attempting to ban guns that are in common use by millions and millions of Americans. I need you to call your congressman, call your senator, and tell them exactly what I told Robert Francis O'Rourke. Hell no, you're not taking our guns. You will not disarm us. If your government doesn't trust you to own a gun, you sure as heck should not trust your government right now. Now is the time to make your voices heard. Okay, so now we're going to drop into the committee hearing. And I'm going to skip forward a lot because it's like hours long. And I only have ten and a half minutes of uh, playtime. Basically, I'm going to lampoon, satirize. Mostly, I want to make salient points. Because I want to skewer them over an open flame. We're going to start with Jerry Wadler. Jerry Nadler. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Chairman McGovern, Ranking Member Cole, and members of the committee. Thank you for the opportunity to testify in support of H.R. 1808, the Assault Weapons Ban of 2022. As we have learned all too well in recent years, assault weapons, especially when combined with high-capacity magazines, are the weapon of choice for mass shootings. These military-style weapons are designed to kill the most people in the shortest amount of time. Today, I am pleased to bring forward a bill that restores and updates the prior assault weapons ban that kept weapons of war out of our communities for a decade before Republicans opposed its renewal. How many times is he going to say assault weapons in a single paragraph? He sounds like one of those commercials that keep repeating the name of the product. PCmatic secures your computers. PCmatic is the number one choice among experts. PCmatic will remove blemishes on your keyboard. PCmatic prevents unwanted pregnancies. H.R. 1808, the assault weapons ban of 2022, introduced by Representative David Cicilline, prohibits the sale, manufacture, transfer, or possession of semi-automatic assault weapons and large-capacity ammunition feeding devices. What do you say the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall be infringed? Subject to grandfathering provisions and other exceptions. Let's skip ahead. He's boring the crap out of me already. It is no surprise that assault weapons are the weapon of choice for mass shooters and those who target law enforcement. They are designed for ruthless efficiency, killing the most people in the shortest amount of time. The Assault Weapons Ban Act that we are considering today would take these weapons of war off our streets, make a meaningful difference, and save countless lives. So how does banning automatic weapons from law-abiding citizens keep automatic weapons off the streets and out of the hands of people who do not follow the law, who are criminals? What are you saying, that manufacturers are not going to manufacture them anymore? No, because they still have a purpose and they're still legal in certain situations, which he said before, but I cut out because I have to skip ahead. They want to keep weapons out of the hands of law-abiding citizens so that they can't protect themselves against the government who wants to have a free hand in controlling us and doing to us what other tyrannical governments have done to their citizens, including taking us away to FEMA camps if we don't want to get a uh, vaccine shot, just for an example. They were doing that in Australia. They were putting people in concentration camps if they uh, were accused of being in contact with somebody who had COVID, even if they were tested negative. But here's a snippet from somebody on our side, thank God. Mr. Massey, it's good to see you again. The floor is yours. Good to see you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for allowing me to testify about this bill. 
we find ourselves here again this summer discussing the Democrats' obsession with disarming law-abiding Americans. We all agree that we should be working together to make our communities safer. However, we can't keep people safe by limiting law-abiding citizens' right to self-defense and restricting Americans' constitutional rights. At the beginning of the summer, the House considered H.R. 2377, the Federal Extreme Risk Protection Order. At that time, many Republicans pointed out that the bill violated constitutional due process rights set out in the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments by depriving citizens of their property and rights without having been charged, arraigned, or convicted of any crime. At that time, we also considered H.R. 7910, a grab bag of radical Democrat proposals that would restrict American Second Amendment rights without any evidence that it would make anything better. They want to limit American Second Amendment rights as much as possible, and they really don't care what the Constitution says. H.R. 1808, the so-called assault weapon ban of 2022, would ban some of the most popular firearms in use today. Okay, here's Representative Cole questioning Wadler. I mean Nadler. Thank you. Uh, Chairman Nadler, I assume you believe in the right of self-defense. Um, if so, under what conditions, what type of weapon? Would be appropriate. Well, uh, any 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 self defense where you, where you perceive a threat from some some individual group of individuals, obviously you're entitled to defend. And uh, any non military weapon, unlike the military type weapons that we're talking about here. Can you translate that into English? Or are you saying that an effective weapon is too militaristic to defend yourself with? So therefore, you should use, what, a BB gun? Um, I represent uh, some parts of rural Oklahoma, and many of my constituents honestly live quite a distance away from the nearest police station. In a situation where dangerous animals or an intruder is threatening the life of people in that kind of situation, how would you recommend they respond? Well, there are more than 2,000 guns to choose from that would not be banned by this bill. You know, criminals don't follow the law, so if a criminal has a semi-automatic weapon and my law-abiding constituent doesn't, what happens in a scenario like that? Well, you wouldn't advocate that since criminals don't follow the law, we shouldn't have any laws. You fat slob. That's not what he asked you. He asked you, what do you do if you come up against somebody who has a more powerful weapon than you do? That's not, not what I suggested. I just in a situation like that, you've got an obvious mismatch. But uh, Mr. Torres. Um, we are here today yet again um, to take up common sense gun violence legislation. Uh, on Freedom on Deck, I'll be the judge of how common sense it is. Earlier this week, I held a telephone town hall for my constituents on this very important issue. I heard from my constituents on the need for additional action on gun violence prevention. How does taking guns out of the hands of good people prevent gun violence perpetrated by bad people. Unfortunately, my constituents know all too well the devastation and heartbreak of gun violence in our community. Just for the record, the most gun violence can be found in Democrat-run cities perpetrated by people who are using illegal guns so they are not following the law in the first place. You can get, a, you can get handguns, you can get automatic weapons from dealers uh, under the table from the black market any time, day or night, no matter what legislation you pass in Congress. In Japan, for example, they have the strictest gun laws. No weapons are allowed in the hands of anybody in Japan. But yet some guy made his own gun and killed the ex-prime minister in Japan just a couple of weeks ago. Explain that one. In 2015, the Inland Empire in California was the victim of a mass shooting. 14 people were viciously murdered. Two of them were my constituents. This happened at the Inland Regional Center. The Inland Regional Center is a place where people with disabilities go for care. Assault rifles and semi-automatic handguns were used in that mass shooting against very vulnerable people. Yeah, vulnerable people. That's, that's the key phrase there. You're talking about 
places and institutions that are gun-free zones. Uh, you want to make schools gun-free zones. You don't want teachers to defend themselves. You don't want teachers to, to defend children. And you have uh, malls also and other places. There was a guy, There was a mall that was supposed to be a gun-free zone, but a guy uh, had a legal carry permit and he had a gun on him and he killed a, a person who was uh, trying to kill many people in the mall and prevented a mass shooting. He only wound up killing, I shouldn't say only, but he wound up killing two people, but he himself was shot by a good person with a gun. That's why we need our citizens to be armed to protect the innocent. Okay, out of time. See you next week. Same place, same time. Freedom on Deck, Fox News Radio, 94.9 FM. FM.